Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on, what's up, everybody? Y'all doing good this morning? Y'all do better than that? Come on, y'all doing good? Glad to be in God's house today. Come on. He won't fail. Look at a couple people say, he won't. It is so good to believe God with you this morning, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does during this uh, service, sharing this word. God did so many miracles first service, and uh, people coming into the kingdom, and I'm just so encouraged by your faith and engagement in the things of God. You heard a lot of things that are happening. February is going to be amazing with our marriage conference. Um, it's, I think we did one about 10 years ago, and so this is the first one we've done in 10 years, and so... I'd encourage you to sign up for that. Don't miss Encounter tonight. Uh, Matt Lynch is going to be here with us again tonight and just leading worship. It's an hour and a half of just prayer and worship. And so I would encourage you. We're going to put the game on after Encounter, okay, everybody? And so don't worry about the football game. You can go watch the one at three, and then you can come here to Encounter, and you can be holy for Jesus, and then your team might actually win because you came and worshiped, right? And so... Come and, uh, and worship, and then we are going to have some barbecue food trucks after breaking the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Everybody enjoy uh, prayer and fasting and glad that we're breaking that tonight. Everybody ready to break that tonight? Yes. I'm not going to, I only have like one food story today, and so uh, I know it's always about food when we're fasting, so um, come tonight and uh, grab some barbecue. We'll break the fast, and we really will put the game on, I think, at the end of it just for a little while while we're hanging out. We've been in a series called Dear Jesus, and uh, just talking about prayer and, and the Lord's Prayer and how God works through the Lord's Prayer and what that looks like. And obviously, you can see the prayer wall out in the lobby. There's been some awesome stories of just breakthrough and miracles. And I look at that wall. It's humbling. It's moving. It's, it's vulnerable. It's transparent. It's the needs of, of us, of the family, of humanity, and, and humanity needs God. Uh, we need Jesus, uh, even to be more specific. Jesus is God, and, and our relationship with God comes through Jesus, how we, we worship God through Jesus. And so um, Jesus teaches us how to pray. And I'm going to just break down uh, one, one passage. This will be the final passage, and then we start a new series next week on relationships and marriage and all those kind of good things leading up to our marriage conference. Um, that's going to be awesome. But, but let me just uh, read down through Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bible, you can open it up, or if not, it'll be on the screen for you. Uh, Jesus says, here's how to pray. Here's the model of prayer, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, again, he starts with praise. Prayer should, should be 90% praise, uh, 10% petition. Prayer should just be pray like God, hallowed be your name, holy are you, you're worthy, and you just, you just begin to make God bigger, you just begin to praise God and magnify God. When you come to him and pray for things, Jesus is just saying, hey, make God bigger, glorify God, praise God, and watch what I'll do before you begin to ask for stuff. How many of you know David said, magnify the Lord with me? Come on, let's magnify the Lord. What does magnify mean? Make him bigger. Come on, every morning when you begin to pray the Lord's Prayer, you're just making God bigger than your day. God bigger than your bills, God bigger than your problems, God bigger than the, the things you're going to face and the, the people that you're going to face. God's bigger than all that. It's like, God, uh, your glory to you. You are hallowed. You are holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Not my kingdom, not my dominion, not my power, but your, your dominion. And, and, and king, you're the king and you have a kingdom that you have dominion, whatever the king is. There's dominion. He rules. And so I want you to rule in my heart. I want you to have dominion of my heart, of my decisions. Your will be done. 
not my will. I love that we had prayer this morning, an anointing service where people are saying, I want your will in 2022, God. I want your dominion. I want your plan and your path for my life. Not mine, but God, your will be done this year. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We talked about forgiveness last week. Again, I'm going to say it over and over. I'm so thankful that God tells us to say, that says, give us before it says, forgive us. Many of you have a problem asking God for things because you still think he hasn't forgiven you for all the things. <laughs> and so, so God is showing us in this verse, he puts it in this order on purpose. He says, ask for, 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 say, give me before you say, forgive me, because he doesn't want you to think your blessings are contingent on your behavior. <clears throat> And I'm not saying this is a free-for-all and we go live uh, crazy and sin and do whatever we want. No, no. Uh, God gives us constraint in the Holy Spirit and conviction and direction. But, he's, but many of you have a problem, and there's been times in my life, have a problem to ask God for things if you think he hasn't forgiven you yet. So God says, hold on. Before you even ask for forgiveness, just ask, I, I love you. I'm a father. Give us this day our daily bread. Give me my provision, God. Give me strength to do my job. Give me daily bread from your word. I need to hear from you from heaven today, God. Daily bread. I need to hear your voice today, God. I need your direction for my day, God. I need, I need your, the, the scriptures say that Jesus spoke these words to us. Therefore, we have peace that overcomes the world. You have to hear what he's spoken in order to have peace that overcomes the world. It, it, peace is contingent upon his voice. And so I need your voice. Give me this day my daily bread. And then here's this one. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We talked all about that last week. If you weren't here or if you're joining us online today and you didn't get, get to hear last week, you can go to our app or go online and listen to that. I had a gentleman come up to me at prayer and fasting on Saturday it, with tears in his eyes we talked. And he said, man, that message on forgiveness set me free to go to work and to forgive a coworker that would cuss me and, and, and sabotage projects. And I had such bitterness and anger in my heart towards him. And I went to work and I, I told him, we're not going to sabotage projects. You're not going to cuss like this in the workplace. We're going to be accountable for a good job and a job well done. But I forgive you for the way you've acted over the last couple of years. And I, I release it out of my heart. And then he said, I was free. And then he said, he preached the gospel from Genesis to Revelation to him. <laughs> He's like, I'm not even allowed to preach the gospel at work, but I did it anyway. It's like, come on. There's this, there's this freedom <clears throat> as we forgive those that have sinned against us. God, forgive us as we forgive those. And here's what I want to camp out on today. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. My title for today uh, is, is just the protection of prayer. We've talked about the provision of prayer. We've talked about the petition of prayer. This is the protection of prayer. This verse is all about God protecting us. And so would you pray with me real quick? Father, thank you for your word today. <clears throat> thank you that you've given us direction, that you lead us away from temptation, that you deliver us from the evil. And we know that there's an evil one that says, your word says he crouches at the door. He, he's, he's trying to take every opportunity he can. That he's, he's got schemes and wiles. And it says there's the schemes of the enemy. And there's all types of tricks he tries to use on us, oh God. And, and you said that he's like a roaring lion going around this planet seeking whom he may devour, God. Lord, I pray today that you would deliver us from him. Deliver us from his plan this year. Surround us this year with your protection. We believe that you'll do it in Jesus' name. Amen? 
the protection of prayer. This is an amazing prayer. Lord, lead us away from temptation or lead us not into temptation and deliver us from the evil one. Uh, I'm into, I, I like combat sports. I don't know about, some of you guys are gonna judge me today. I don't know, I like, I like mixed martial arts. I like UFC. Come on, any UFC people in here? Um, y'all are like, I can't admit it in church. You know, they're like, oh God, you know. Years ago, we, had a, we put a UFC, we put the Floyd Mayweather fight on in here against Conor McGregor. And like, people are like, man, that's against Jesus. I'm like, would you watch it at home? They're like, yeah. I'm like, you're a hypocrite then. <laughs> I'm like, it's just a building. You know, your heart's the temple. Come on, somebody. And uh, nothing special about this room. And so uh, we, I'm in, I love combat sports. And so um, I trained in mixed martial arts for about four years. And <clears throat> if you watch boxing or you watch uh, UFC and, and you watch them begin to fight, uh, they, they kind of, they, they, they fill each other out. They come to the middle of the ring and they're kind of, you know, getting ready. To and you'll hear, a lot of times you'll hear the coach from the fighter's corners, from both fighter's corners, you'll hear him say, be first, be first. And, and what they're saying is that be first is like, like establish your ground first and strike first and be first to set the precedent and set the tone of attack, right? Be first. If, if, if they're in self-defense, if, if Sam has a gun and, and there's self-defense, like there's, a, there's a ways that you can protect yourself and, and I'm my, you have to be first. He doesn't know if I'm going to put my hands up. He doesn't know if I'm going to react. So I have the advantage of being first. I have the advantage of him not knowing what I'm going to do. So be first. In that, in that protection, be first in self-defense, be first in the fight. This prayer, this prayer is you and I being first every morning when we get up against the enemy. This prayer is us waking up and going, you know what? I don't know what kind of fight you're going to throw at me today, Satan. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know your tactics. I don't know what's coming at me, but I'm going to get out and I'm going to start the fight of faith. I'm going to be first. I'm going to start swinging from the get-go. Deliver me from the evil one, oh God. Let's be first. Y'all are excited today. I'm going to give you a couple thoughts about being, being a prayer warrior and, and praying this passage. Y'all going to help me preach today? Y'all going to help me? We're going to talk back church. My wife and I th- talked about this a long time ago. We don't want a one-way conversation when it comes to church. I need y'all shouting me down. And, uh, and we also are thankful that you sing. We want a church like a bar where people sing and karaoke happens and, you know, you go out to a bar, y'all sing all loud, and then you come in here and you're like, mm. <laughs> karaoke night. <laughs> well, come on, let's sing some karaoke for Jesus up in here, somebody. Three thoughts about this passage. Number one, God cannot tempt us. It's, it's weird that it says, you know, lead us not into temptation, uh, but, but God can't tempt us. It's impossible. The scriptures teach us literally his, his character is, is, is impossible for him to tempt you and I. James chapter one talks about it. All through James 1, it talks about temptation. Verse 12 in James 1 says, blessed is the man or woman who endures temptation. Literally, there's a blessing on your life when you endure the temptations you go through. Just by enduring. And what does enduring mean? It means actually trusting in the midst of opposition. Like as you continue to trust in the middle of opposition, there's this blessing that comes on your life. Verse 13 says this in James 1, let no one say that, that when he is tempted, that God tempted him. For God cannot be tempted by evil, or does he tempt anyone? It goes on, it says, each one is tempted, listen to this, when each one is drawn, each one, each one of us, each one, each one, we each one, each one has our own, our own proclivity, our own, our own thing, our own bent, our own pull. It says, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire. Listen, so God doesn't tempt the word drawn away. This is important. You got to get this drawn away actually means to turn aside. 
It, it means to look, to look away. It literally is saying that when we begin to be drawn away or look away from God, when our focus gets off of God, it could be a good desire. Can I tell you that desires aren't destructive until they're distractive? Yes. Desires aren't destructive until they begin to distract. There's a desire for food. There's a desire for entertainment. There's a desire for work and progress and, and finance. There's a desire for sex and there's a desire for that and, and for, for marriage and there's a desire for, for entertainment. And there's a desire for all these things. Those things aren't destructive until they're distractive. And, and so what it's saying here is that God doesn't tempt you and I, but when we're drawn away, and it's so important that temptation comes when we begin to take our eyes and our gaze and our glance off of Jesus and off of God. And so really the point of temptation, temptation is a focus matter. It's like, where are my eyes? Where are your eyes? What am I getting up every day and going, God, I need you to lead me away from temptation. God, I need you to deliver me from the evil one. But God's not the one tempting. Literally, it's our own desire that begins to turn our, our eyes and focus off of God. And that's when the enemy jumps in and begin, he wants to get you distracted so he can destroy. If the enemy can distract, he can destroy. But if we can keep our eyes on God, then all of a sudden the fight's in God's hands all day long, every day. I gotta keep my eyes on God. The scriptures say this in Thessalonians 3, 5, it says, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, Paul couldn't take it any longer. He said, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you. Come on. God's not the tempter. The, Satan had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. He's saying that Satan wants to tempt you. God isn't tempting you. And hear me this year in 2022, if you're trying to go further, if you're trying to take new territory, new levels, new devils. It's just new levels, new devils. It's like God, Satan's not sitting down, laying back. If you're trying to take new ground or have a stronger marriage or go to, you think, you think the enemy wants you to go to the marriage conference? Man, you're going to have all, I'm just, I don't want to prophesy, but there's going to be stuff breaking out, trying to keep you from the marriage conference and the, the if maybe your situation is complicated, trying to keep you from the complicated conference, right? It's for you too. And, and I, and, and I think the enemy wants to tempt us to get us distracted and let me, let me say this. He's not tempting you with stuff you like. Excuse me. He's not tempting you with stuff you don't like. He doesn't tempt me with broccoli. I'm not, I'm not tempted to work out. I'm tempted to sleep. I'm tempted to eat chocolate. I'm tempted with stuff that I like. And so, so here, here's what's so important. You, you have to get accountable to the stuff and be honest about the stuff in your life that you like. My wife's gonna come up here and help me real quick. We did this first service and she's the only one I can do this with because it's an illustration about a pastor that had some stuff happen to him and, and, and we were being taught by this pastor a couple weeks ago and, and he was a, had a round table of about 50 pastors and he told a story where he was in the lobby of his church with his youth pastor and there was a single mom there and he had been just loving on the, the, the single mom and just being a pastor, just, hey, encouraging her and she had a young child and encouraging both of them and you know he knew him for a year. And, uh, and so that mom kind of began to get a little bit of an emotional attachment to the pastor. And uh, he was in the lobby with his youth pastor, and, and, uh, and the lady came up to him after he preached this sermon, and, and she looked at me, and, she, and his name's Pastor Mike. She said, Pastor Mike. She, she put his arm on her, she said, Pastor Mike, that was the best sermon that you have ever preached. Just, just dripped it. Dripped it from his shoulder to his hand. Just he's like, it just dripped down my arm. I was just like, oh. 
He's like, I was just frozen. He said, he said, he looked at his youth pastor and she walked away. She's like, he's like, uh, uh, you know, he said, uh, and she walked away. He goes, he goes, youth pastor. He goes, did you see, did you see that? Did you see that? He's like, pastor, I saw that. He goes, we're going to tell my wife right now. We're going to come on. We're going. And now he didn't grab his youth pastor's hand or anything like that. But he said, we're going to tell, we're going to go tell my wife right now. And so they walked back and they went to the green room where his wife was. And he took, and he went and he said, he goes, tell her. And he told you, tell her, tell her what happened. And, and, and she, he started telling her, and his wife's like, oh, you know, you probably misread that, and, you, and it probably wasn't anything you mean. He goes, no, it, it was, because I liked it. <laughs> yeah. He goes, I liked it. He looked at his wife, and he said, I liked it, babe. That's why I had to get back here and tell you. I, he, he said, I got to be honest. Thank you, babe. I love you. I like rubbing on your arm and shoulder a lot. He said, he said he liked it. Here, here's, here's the point. A lot of times we hide what we like. Satan's going to tempt you with what you like. And if you're not honest about it and you can't tell anybody about it and you can't get accountable about it because you think temptation is sin. So you won't be honest about it. You think the tempter and the temptation is the actual sin. Temptation is not the sin. Giving in is the sin. And so the enemy wants you to hide the thought and, and make you feel shame. I thought when that pastor said that and he told his wife, I said, what boldness, what transparency, what honesty to actually admit what we like so that now we can have accountability and we can have friends around us. We can have faith-filled people and pastors and small group leaders and worship team members and, and people in the lobby. That's why we want to get connection here, not just so we can just do church, so we can have people that we can be honest and real with like, man, I need help. And I promise you, if you'll get real and vulnerable and not hide what you like, Satan can't tempt you in those areas any longer. Or he'll try and you have people around you. So I just want to encourage you, like the, proof, the fact that you're being tempted is proof that you're fighting the fight of faith. It's proof you're in this thing. It's proof you're walking with God. Temptation is proof that you're going in the direction with God because Satan doesn't want you to walk with him that way. I want to encourage you. Jesus was tempted in every way. Every way. Just like you and I. We think sometimes that he wasn't tempted. Temptation is not sin. If temptation was sin, then Jesus would have been a sinner. He's tempted with every, anything you can imagine, Jesus was tempted with. Every temptation on the planet, it's hard to get your mind around, but every temptation, any temptation that you could have ever walked through or fathomed, he was tempted with. And he overcame it so you and I could actually pray to him, hey, deliver me. And lead me away from the evil one. Number two, so number one, God can't tempt you. Satan tempts. Number two, God won't mislead us. He will not mislead you. I don't know what 2022 has in store for you and I, but he will not mislead you. And it's weird. It says, lead us not into temptation. Well, if he, if he won't mislead us, why does it say lead us not into temptation? That God's going to lead me into temptation. It actually translates, lead me away from temptation. Lead me away from it. And the word temptation is broad. I'm going to give you two, kind of a little nuance here. The word temptation is actually an attempt, an experiment, a trial, or a proving. So he's saying, lead me away from that trial. Lead me away from that proving. Our faith is going to be tested. Our faith is going to endure trials. It says that, 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 that there's trials. James 1, 2 says that there's trials that we would count joy because they produce patience and perseverance in our faith. It's more precious than gold. We're going to have trials. But, but here's what the enemy does. The enemy wants to tempt you in the midst of your trial. The enemy loves, remember when Jesus went to the desert and got, got in a trial? He was in the desert for 40 days in a trial. Satan showed up and tempted him in the middle of his test. 
You're gonna go through tests this year and what the enemy wants to do is test you, is tempt you in your test. That's what his job is. And so what I mean by that is uh, several years ago, my son Jude is right here on the second row. He's a big snowboarder. He loves to snowboard. And I think it was the second year, maybe third year, you were learning to snowboard. And, and I ski. And so we're up on the top of the mountain. And he had been snowboarding at the bottom, kind of in the green runs and learning how to snowboard. And I just decided it was a good day to take him to the top of the mountain. I don't know. It might have been a little premature. I don't know. But we get up there to the top of the mountain. And uh, he's like, Dad, this is crazy. This is too steep. This is scary. I'm freaking out. I don't want. And then, and then he falls a few times, kind of hurts his arm. He's like, and then all of a sudden his mind just begins to go 100 miles an hour. He's like, I'm not doing it. I quit. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to ski tomorrow. And I was like, no, dude, you like to snowboard. And I said, I'm, I'm here with you. I support you. I got you. You're okay. It's going to be fine. Slow down. Take a deep breath. You're all right. We're going to make it. He got up and we got back down to the bottom. And then we were back on the runs where he used to be snowboarding. Let me tell you what happened. He, he begins to snowboard down at the lower levels. He's like, dang, I got this. I can snowboard. He's got this new, this new strength and this new boldness and this new, like, man, I'm the best snowboarder on this mountain, baby. It's like, not quite, but you're, you're getting there. But, but, but the reality was I took him up into a test. And as he was in that test, he began to get to a lower level where he operated. And now there was a boldness and a bravery and a new level of victory down in the level at the other part of the mountain that he didn't have before. I'm like, okay, you, you passed the test. The enemy wanted to tempt him in his test to quit. The enemy got into his mind and tried to tempt him to say, you know what? I'm not going to snowboard. I'm not going to do this anymore. I quit. I give up. And that's what the enemy wants to do to you and I with every test and every trial we go through. It's not worth it. I give up. I don't care. I'm not going to church, not doing that. I'm not going to open up, not going to be vulnerable, not going to meet anybody. I, I just, I, no, 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 no. Listen to me. Do not let Satan tempt you in your test to give up and quit. God will not mislead you. And then we can pray. Okay, God, if I'm going to face a trial, I'd rather not. But if I face it, I'm going to face it with joy. Count it all joy and believe that when I get through it, I'm going to be full and complete for every good work. Does that make sense, guys? Come on, God won't mislead you. Hebrews 4.15 says this, verse, Hebrews 4.15, it says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was all points tempted as we are yet without sin. I love that verse. It, it literally says that, that he sympathizes. If you go to God and you're honest and you're saying, you know what, I'm dealing with this. He says, oh, you idiot. No. Oh, can't believe you're still dealing with this again. How stupid are you? No. It says he literally sympathizes. He goes, I understand. I've been through that. I've been tempted with that. I've been tested with that. I get what you're going through. And for some reason, we think if we don't tell him, he don't know. <laughs> I tell you, he knows. It's okay to say, you know what, God? I need you to sympathize with some stuff. I need you to lead me. Don't mislead me. Thank you, God. Every morning I'm getting up and I'm praying, protect me. And then the last one, number three, very simple. God will deliver us. God can't tempt us. God will lead us and God will deliver us. First Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common demand. Well, you just don't know what I've been through. Yeah, I do. Well, you just don't know my situation. No one's been through what I've been through. Yeah, they have. Well, if you'd walk through what I walked through and you'd face what I faced, you, would be, you, would, you wouldn't expect this. No, yeah, I would. For no temptation has overtaken you except such as common demand. Well, you just don't know how hard it is when that thing starts calling my name. Yeah, I do. 
Yeah, we do. <laughs> Y'all loving me today. No temptation is overtaking you as such as common to man. Listen to this, but God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear up under it. What a great promise from God. Two thoughts right there. He won't allow you to take on more than you can handle. So, So let me say it this way. Everything you're going through right now, you're graced for. There's nothing on your shoulders. There's nothing on your life. There's nothing that you're bearing up under that God hasn't empowered you with grace to carry, that he wants to get up under the load with Jesus and carry it and grace you with strength and grace you with power and grace you to overcome it. There's nothing on your life that you're, that you're going through you're not graced for. Greg Henson right there, he looked at me several years ago. We were talking about something and I, I was going through something with my family and, and, he, and he said, you know, thank God it's you because you seem like you're graced for it. And I couldn't handle it. I was like, well, thanks for the encouragement. (laughs) But it hit me. I've taken that word that you said to me that day, and it's been in my heart. And I thought, anything I'm going through, he was like, it's better you than me. Because he goes, I wouldn't have had the grace for that. I wouldn't know how how to grace that situation. And he said, God must have given you grace to walk through the situations you've walked through. Quit complaining about the things you're carrying because God's graced you to carry it. You got enough grace. He won't put a dime or a drop on top of you more than what you can carry. And then it says, and he'll provide a way of escape for every temptation. Come on. I don't know what temptation you face, but there's a door. There's a screen door. There's a glass door. There's a sliding door. There's a window there. there ju- open the window and jump out of that thing. If you have to, my daughter and I laugh about this song all the time. There's this song. It says, open up the window, let the light in. Open up the window, let the light in. I'm like, that's what windows do. You don't have to open the window. <laughs> you mean open up the curtain? You know, open the curtain and jump out if you have to. That's <laughs> a weird song, isn't it, babe? <laughs> I get the point. I, I, I just, you ever met those people that are in a situation and in a relationship that's all bad or a situation and God's given them like 50 doors of escape and they just don't, can't see it? You're like, man, they've cheated on you like 17 times. They haven't shown up like 15 times. They smell like this every time. They, you're like, I just love them. Please, God, don't take them from me. It's like giving you a way of escape. Don't say I do <laughs> when they don't. That's right. That's good. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. Hopefully that sets someone free. That might be a way of escape right now. So y'all, somebody's going to go home right today and go, you know what? You don't. And I, I, I ain't saying I do to you. You don't. I, I just, he'll give you a way of escape. Get people around you. There's a way. Second Timothy 418. And I'm going to pray for you. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Second Peter two, nine. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. He knows how to make a way of escape. Let me say this to you and I'll pray. If you aren't praying, you're not seeing the way of escape. If you're not, if you're not seeking him and being first in the fight, you're missing some of the opportunities and the doors he's opened to deliver you. It's your job to pray. It's his job to deliver. And so I just ask you, come on, let's fight the fight of faith this year. Lord, lead us away from temptation 
and deliver us from the evil one. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. We thank you that you have delivered us ultimately in the name of Jesus. You died on that cross, Jesus. You, you, you handled Satan for us. You, you took all of his powers. He's just a roaring lion. He's just, he's just going around seeking whom he can devour, but his, 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 he has no bite to him. He's full of lies. He, he, he uses tricks and schemes. You said in your word, He's the father of lies. He's actually the progenerator of lies. Everything he says is a lie. So we know that anything he says isn't true today. And that, Lord, you give us a way of escape today. I pray for individuals in this room right now that might be up under a heavy load. They feel like, man, it's too much to carry. It's too heavy to bear. I can't handle it on my own. God, I thank you that you would show up today and lead us away from temptations. Lead us away from the temptation to quit. Lead us away from the temptation to divorce. Lead us away from the temptation to use again. Lead us away from the temptation to look again. Lead us away from the temptations, oh God. Lead us away and deliver us from the evil one's schemes, oh God. Let us be honest and accountable to what we like so we can have people around us that can lead us in love to your kingdom and your glory. We come to you today, God, and we put our eyes on you. We, don't turn or draw, we aren't drawn away from our look to you. We know that our only hope is looking to you. We see the world, Lord, coming unglued. We see the world in chaos around us and we're never more glad like that song we sang because our foundation is on you, Jesus. That when the winds blow and the storms come and there's weights upon our shoulders, you've already taken the weight. So we shift it onto you today. We say you carry every care because you care for us. I pray today that every individual would leave here full of peace and joy and encouraged going, they know they're being delivered from the evil one this year. And I just declare protection and, and deliverance from the evil one around children and students and, and around generations and around moms and dads and families. And as the enemy tries to prowl around our kids' minds and our hearts and their, and their motives and their affections, I pray, oh God, for deliverance from, from ungodly desires and just godly revival in homes and in families today. We put our eyes on you this morning. If you're in this place and maybe you need to make Jesus your savior, maybe you've never surrendered your life to him. Maybe you know him as God and you've come to church, but you've never made Jesus your Lord, which I just mean you've, you've never said, you know what, God, forgive me of my sins. I, I believe that you died on the cross, Jesus, and rose from the dead. I want you to lead my life. Lead me away from evil. Lead me away from temptation. Maybe you haven't had him lead you like that and today's your day. If you're watching online, maybe today's your day to say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. I believe that he died on a cross and rose from the dead. I need Jesus. I need him to lead my life. I can't lead it on my own any longer. I need him to lead me away from the things I've been messing up in over and over. And I thank you that he paid for all of it. I'm going to give you an opportunity here in a second to say, you know what? I need a fresh start with God. The Bible says this very simply. If you would give your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start with God. Maybe you knew God years ago and you served Jesus years ago, but you walked away. Maybe you kind of walked away from that relationship. It's not alive or it's not real to you anymore. Today's a day you're experiencing God for the first time in a long time. You're ready to say, you know what, God, lead my life. If that's you, no one's looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm not going to embarrass you, but today might be your day. And if you're online right now, would you just type fresh start in the chat? to let us know if this is your day. If you say, you know what? I need a fresh start in God today. Would you just type fresh start right there in the chat? We want to pray for you. If you're in this room and you say, you know what, pastor? Conclude me in the prayer. I, I need a fresh start with God. No one looking around. Would you put your hand up to me right now? Just boldly raise it up. I need a fresh start with God. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your boldness. 
I want Jesus to lead my life. Come on, church, people across this room saying, I need Jesus to lead my life. I don't need religion. Religion is what we make up when we don't experience God. I need God. Father, you know every hand that went up. I'm going to pray a simple prayer right now. If you're online, you can pray this prayer with me. If you're in this room, just pray the prayer. No magic in the words. It's just a heart of surrender to Jesus. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I believe you came to this planet. You lived a perfect, sinless life. You went to a cross. You died on that tree. You took all of my sin, all of my guilt, all of my shame, all of my rebellion. You took it and you nailed it to that tree. All of it, past, present, and future. You took it all. You did the work. You finished it, God. I can't do it. I can't make myself healed or clean or whole. I can't fix my life. I give it to you. I believe you did that on the cross. Take all my guilt and shame. I repent. I turn from that life. I turn from living that way. I quit living my own way. I turn to you, Jesus. I believe you rose from the dead to give me a brand new heart. Make me alive by your spirit today. You are my God, and I'll serve you the rest of my life. In Jesus' matchless name. Come on, let's give God praise, guys. What a day. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.